Under the title Super, our five heroes stand in front of the podium, each in their costumes. Everyone is wearing a different expression. Juno and Jackrabbit look annoyed with the present situation while Stravix yawns. Asbel hides half behind Ezra, who is angrily pleading his case. Underneath them is the title and subtitle of this issue, Rules of Engagement, featuring the incredible Dr. Quantum. So you all are traveling into the city into uh, to go to the Halcyon City Natural History Museum, where you know from the alert that you received that the villain, the bat, has stolen a uh, rare blue diamond from uh, from the museum, and they are in the museum trying to uh, trying to fight him and get the uh, get the blue diamond back. And you all have been called in for crowd control, which is fairly typical of young heroes that you're not going to directly engage the threat, but because of the regulations that have been set up by city council and specifically the committee on superheroing, that um, superheroes under the age of 21 are called in to do things like community events and crowd control, but anything particularly dangerous is left to the older heroes. How do you guys travel usually? I I was about to ask that. (laughs) Uh, In in my head, it's like a, titans go situation where everybody takes off with their various powers and i'm just skateboarding (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah straw can fly so so ez just gets there like years later than everyone else (laughs) um is ezra really skateboarding (laughs) i my my powers i make things out of light so i make a hard light skateboard and i make my own okay Okay, okay. I, I was I was about to just about to say like as you broke your skateboard. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so so okay, so on a magical light skateboard, um, Ezra is coming in. Uh, Asbel, we have established, can like phase around, so that that's basically taken care of. Care of. Um, Jackrabbit is super fast. Yeah, I think it's funny that like like as is sitting there making their uh, skateboard and like i'm just kind of slowly putting my hoodie back on and everything and it's just like <laughs> mm-hmm. how are you the fastest one but always the last to leave yeah <laughs> just doing like stretching a little bit doing like a couple like warm up jogs and then just zoom um. I, I zoom to 711 first and pick up a slurpee <laughs> okay hashtag not sponsored does Ezra like sketch on like Jackrabbit's like belt loops? Because that'd be fucking dope. He's probably tried to at one point. Whether or not it's successful <laughs> is entirely up for debate. Well, Jack is wearing like sweatpants, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel I feel like I feel like that ended uh, pretty terribly the last time I tried it, and they're like, let's not try that again right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Jackrabbit ends up like the Morton Salt girl. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, just like, uh, just like straight. Well, I think you mean the copper tone. Yes, that's girl. right. Yeah, that's the, right. The Salt girl has the umbrella. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then Ezra got like... like slammed into a tree, and like it was just bad for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that ended with with uh, Jack straight up running out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say Asbel will probably be like 
pseudo flying for this. The the teleportation is like a special skill type thing. Uh, when it's not like over short distances. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Juno, I'm kind of imagining you have, like, rocket feet or something and can also essentially yeah, fly. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking with the way that she has, like, real, real, like, thick girl legs. She's probably got rockets in those. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, okay, so you're not, like, riding in a car or anything together. You're just all separately, um, speeding. Yeah, because we're not friends. Way there. <laughs> no, I will, <laughs> I will say my first thought really was, uh, Juno's got to drive us to the crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not driving until everyone has their seatbelts on. <laughs> Absolutely. We have to go. <laughs> Nothing is more important than your own safety. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, so you all uh you all sort of like speed on uh, over there in your own way um because you're totally not friends. You are all um going your own way vaguely taking the same route but in extremely different like ways i guess um blazer does kind of like look back to make sure that he can still see ezra every now and then because he feels real bad (laughs) this is bullshit how come everybody else has a super speed way of getting places i have to fucking skateboard Oh, I imagine your skateboard would be a little faster since it's, you know, yeah. light construct and you don't yeah. have to worry necessarily like, it, about friction yeah, too much. It's faster and I can, like, make my own paths, but you guys could just go over everything or have super speed. <laughs> yeah, everyone else gets to do, like, a straight line and you have to, like, if you want to do that, you're, like, going up buildings and stuff, I imagine. You gotta do, like, the super goofy Green Lantern thing where you, like, make a giant Hot Wheels track for your skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's cute. No, you. Kitty. Got her. Take a condition. No. (laughs) The picturing the panel, everyone zoomed off, and as as is just there, this is such bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you go to the uh, to the museum. Um, So uh, you guys know the drill. You've you've been called in for this sort of thing before. Um, There is uh, the police are there. They've set up um, barriers around the museum. Um, As you're facing the museum in the sort of like it's it's a big building. It's um, many stories and it's done in kind of like it has this like a really beautiful like stone facade and things like that. Um, You've probably those who have gone to school here and stuff like that you've been in here on school trips it's a super cool natural history museum it has like uh, dinosaurs and rare gemstones and um you know all basically anything you could possibly find in, in a natural history museum any sort of like rare specimen uh they have it here but as a result the building is very very large um I was trying to think of things there at the Cleveland his- the Cleveland Natural History Museum, but I had to sort of like delete some things I was going to say, um, <laughs> like Balto. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I was about to be like sue the T Rex. So I was like that's specifically at Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can find all sorts of things there. Uh, the police have set up barricades in front of the building. Um, as you guys get set up, you know that what you're supposed to be doing here is. Um, making sure that the crowd doesn't get out of hand or if there's any sort of, like, collateral damage that comes uh, flying the crowd's way, you're meant to stop it. So, like, if, you know, an explosion happens or something and rocks start falling, you're meant to, like, uh, 
get those out of the way more or less um very typical for you know any young heroing team here um as you're getting set up you can kind of see in like the left side of the building you can like tell where the fight is going on um just from like the noises going on and you and you can see through the windows like um small explosions and things happening um you you can tell that part of the museum is probably getting a pretty well wrecked but because it's halcyon city where this is pretty typical uh you know that the museum will very likely be able to recover from that in most of these situations the crowd is more curious than anything else uh you see some people with their flip phones out uh taking some pictures and things like that um but it doesn't seem to be uh too much of an issue so you guys all get uh set up uh, what do you guys usually do when this sort of thing happens? How do you, like, spend your time? Uh, Juno probably, like, lands where she can observe most of the people and puts her hands on her hips and uh, part of her chest panel cu- uh, drops down and reveals um, speakers. So she flashes the-, <laughs> the crowd? <laughs> no, she's <laughs> making it so that everyone can hear her. So she stands with her hands on her hips. <laughs> Save it for the judge, hero. I need them to pay attention to me so for their own safety. Oh no! <laughs> and she, so these things come down, and their their speakers there, and so over these loudspeakers, Juno is just like, um, "Hello, everyone! Please remain calm. You need to keep back a certain distance. Everything will be fine." And like you know, listen to authorities and and things like that. Everyone has heard you. Um, they're still gawking, basically, but yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no one's out of hand just yet. Um, so what is uh, Strahovix doing? Yeah, so Straw kind of takes the same general strategy, although he's going to stay hovering in the air kind of over the barricade. So he has kind of like a bird's eye view of everything that's going on and making sure that nobody strays too close or no one tries to sneak around the barricade making sure that all of the puny earth people do not get themselves hurt. Okay. Yeah. Blazar takes a similar approach, but like from the back. So he remains like floating, probably not as high up as uh, Straw, since um, his flying is sort of pseudo, just kind of uh, messing with his own gravity. So if something uh, were to go wrong with that, he doesn't want to fall that far. (laughs) Um... But he kind of, like, stays towards, like, the back just to keep, like, sort of that perimeter around the crowd. And also because he likes to be able to watch what the big grown-up heroes are doing, if he can. So he likes to keep an eye on that stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as you're sort of looking up, um, with, like, the windows and everything, you can't see, like, super-duper uh, what's going on. But, um... From what you can observe, it looks like a pretty typical fight. Um, You guys already got the information that um, the heroes here, uh, well, the hero that has been called into the situation um, is called the Rapid Falcon, uh, which is, you know, um, you know that it's a Bronze Age hero who... um, who's able to um who's able to fly and is like uh, vaguely bird themed and um the bat is uh the bat is one of uh, one of his known enemies um who is uh, he he's a super villain who is basically like he wants to like steal all the money and things like that and people have already figured out his secret identity and everything but um 
but he's still like operating and causing trouble where he can um this is not too unusual of a of a fight for him um so what is the ezra and jack doing i am probably making like adding on to the barricades with like uh thinner thinner walls uh, that have very clear openings where people can like stick their phones through so it isn't blocked by whatever light uh mm-hmm. and i'm just like sitting on top of it mostly not paying attention to the crowd or like you know semi paying attention to the crowd looking at what's going on and just sort of like muttering under my breath Okay, uh, are you muttering anything in particular? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, this is bullshit. We're glorified bouncers. There's a hero named Professor Katana. They are just a person with a sword. I am... I actually have powers, and they're making us do this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, what is Jack doing? So Jackrabbit is just kind of standing there, arms crossed, looking at some of the people at these barricades and sliding the straw through the little straw hole I have in my uh, neck gator and (laughs) drinking my Slurpee and take a pause from it and say, listen, y'all know that they're just gonna close off the Natural History Museum for the rest of the day. Now, I know y'all are trying to see a show and all that. But you know what happens at all these things. There's just going to be a huge traffic jam trying to get out of here. Why don't y'all just start heading home now? That way y'all can avoid the traffic. Just like when the Protean City power players are losing. Because they always lose since they stop letting the Supers play in the games. So just leave now. Beat the traffic. You're going to get all the best shots from the news chopper on the news reports anyway. So I, I don't know why you're trying to get your... Your grainy cell phone footage ain't no good anyway. Um, and uh, one person in the crowd responds responds to you like, "Are you kidding me? I could get I could put up my my MySpace profile pictures me with Rapid Falcon. Of course, I'm gonna stay here for a chance for that." Um, and I'm sure that you've had this conversation with crowds before, and they are uh, they are you know notorious rubberneckers. Um pretty pretty excited about a chance to see like their favorite heroes and and such or anything interesting happening and i replied to him now you know that falcon ain't done no photo shoots or opportunities after a crime scene since about six months back when one of the people got hit by a surprise sonic beam from from dr arachnus now uh, you know that they've stopped doing those signings so why don't you just go on home it ain't gonna matter none you ain't gonna get a picture with him you're more likely to get a random picture at a mall during the approved signings that i'll probably get stuck being a security guard at too right but everyone has those i might be able to take a chance as he's on his way out and get one real fast now you know he's a goody two shoes and he's gonna follow them rules that the city government put down and he ain't gonna stay for no pictures i've been i've been practicing turning my phone around i know i can aim it just right (laughs) I, I say, hold, hold that thought there, as I see someone trying to, like, sneak under a barricade and just quickly zoom over, turn them around before they realize, and their <laughs> momentum just carries them back under. Very nice. Um, 
So, uh, so while that's all happening, um, you're all doing your different, um, tasks. Um, the police are, um, figure you've, like, basically got it under control. They've set up the barricades. They feel like their job is mostly done. They're just sort of, like, chatting with each other, uh, drinking their coffees on the steps of the Natural History Museum. Um, but Ezra, as you're sort of, like, rolling your eyes at the whole situation, um, where your eyeline lands, you see something interesting. Um, so in one of the alleyways to uh, to the left of the uh, Natural History Museum, so on the other side of where the uh, where the fight is happening, um, you see that there is a like manhole cover um, in front of the alleyway that's sort of like propped open so it's it's just off kilter basically so that someone would be able to like lift it up and get out uh i assume we have some way of like communicating with each other yeah yeah i'm sure you have like communicators or something like that yeah then i'll uh i'll just you know buzz into it uh hey something something's off about like a manhole cover in an alleyway i'm gonna go check it out real quick alone I mean, someone can come with me, but we should still probably have, like, most of the team babysitting. Blazer will kind of, like, look back towards the windows where, like, you can't really see anything anyway and be like, I'll, I'll, um, I'll float above you. Cool. I'll just look for the pink hair and then follow. <laughs> what is, what is Ed's uh, superhero name again? Limelight. Limelight, yeah, Juno uh, chimes in and is like, yes, Limelight, I trust your judgment, especially with Blazar watching you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Juno. And there's probably, like, a weird feedback screech through her speaker. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, so you two start to uh, make your way over to the uh, sort of, like, a skew manhole cover. Um, as you get there, you do see that it is, in fact, a manhole cover that has been, um, that has been picked up and sort of put, like, kind of to the side. So it's not, like, completely open. Like, there's, like, you know, a hole there, but it is definitely set up in such a way that if someone wanted to, they could just bop it the rest of the way out and, uh, get up there. I'll, like, slowly land. So is this it? Well, I mean, something might be down there. Typically, these things don't get left open because if they did, people would go down there and then they'd get in trouble, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and as you're saying that, you do, in fact, hear a sound coming from the sewers. Um, it sounds almost like um, an echoey, buzzy type of sound. Um, you're not entirely sure what it is, but there is definitely a sound coming up from there. Is that... It sounds... So, like... Are there, like, really big wasps, or... Uh, I don't think so. I think Dr. Wasp was captured already. (laughs) Or retired. I don't actually keep up with the bug-themed super individuals. I find that to be a very niche subsect of powers that kind of creep me out. It's pretty creepy. But you know what could make, like, a large echoey noise? The bat. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, you want to look? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I'll, like, look over my shoulder a bit and just kind of, like, bounce on heels and be like, okay, do it fast. I don't want us to get in trouble. I'm, like, already in the, I'm already, like, in the manhole. (laughs) 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 But, like, make sure, make sure to tell me what's going on. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so Ezra is going down into the uh, into the sewers alone. For now, yeah, I'm yeah. um I'm gonna like be watching in the alley, like doing the back and forth of in the alley, and then down the manhole, and the alley down the manhole. <laughs> so I don't want us okay. to get in trouble, but yeah. also. You you do know you would very likely get into trouble for this. <laughs> for checking? I'm a good Samaritan. <laughs> yes, but technically you're leaving your post. <laughs> yeah, you are leaving your post. Um, you are supposed to be leaving this to the adults. Yeah, we're supposed to, like, if we notice anything, we're supposed to go and tell, like, the grown-up heroes. This could be anything. It might not necessarily be a villain. Now, that's my hypothesis, so we probably should have said something, but... Yeah, I'm not saying you can't as the GM. I'm, I am informing you of what you know. Uh, I think it's more interesting if you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to get designated to to you know watching people. The police are there having coffee on the stairs while people with powers are like, "All right, don't don't pass this line." Like that's not what we're here for. Yeah. So you do in fact. Um, Go down the stairs, or, or not the stairs. It's a ladder, I guess. It's not. I, was, ooh, I don't spend a lot of time fancy in sewers. sewer. <laughs> <laughs> you take the escalator down into the sewer. Yeah, we uh, yeah. We, we have a crossover uh, with vampire. This is a Nosferatu's um, uh, lair. <laughs> Cute. Um, so the sewers do actually probably, in fact, look pretty well trodden, um, just because there are so many, like, heroes and, and villains and stuff. You do hear in the, uh, in the direction that the museum is in, it's sort of like a tunnel running to the, uh, to the museum and away from the museum, um, you do hear the buzzing sound going towards the museum. So as you make your way down the uh, the ladder, that's probably uh, pretty gross, uh, like a little bit rusted and things like that. Um, you can see like some graffiti and such on the walls of the sewer. Um, do you head towards the buzzing sound? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll radio in. Uh, 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 Blazar, there's like the buzzing noise is going to the museum. So it's probably related, right? Yeah. I guess keep the team informed. Mm. Well, we yeah. can all hear you over the radio, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see. I see you have not updated this for uh, for confidential channels. No, like I, I was, I was going to ask is like, so do we have the capability of like just doing one on ones and whole channel, or is it always whole channel? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can probably do just a one-on-one channel if you want. It's probably like default, like to everyone. But I'm, I'm going by Teen Titan, Teen Titans cartoon logic, which like they could just like talk to one another one-on-one. So, whatever nice. the Teen Titans from the you know 2004 <laughs> cartoon can do with their communicators, that's what you guys can also do. <laughs> cool. We just have to always remember to make sure we switch channels anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so are you doing this one on one or to the uh, whole whole team? Um, I I actually really like the idea that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Okay, delicious. Straw will just say over the communicator. You know, we can all hear you, right? Ah, uh, and then it's immediately cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute. Blazar will at that just quietly switch the channel because he has a feeling that's what it is. <laughs> 
Okay, so just like keep them in the know about what's going on, I guess. <laughs> I think that you made my job a little easier with that. Th- thanks for watching out for me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, be careful. Yeah, I tip. <laughs> mm, I will. Okay. So, um, so Ezra does in fact, uh, move towards the noise. Um, you're walking down the sewers. Um, it looks like a pretty typical sewer. Like I said, um, there's some like graffiti and things like that. Um, it's probably more well trodden than a lot of, uh, than a lot of other sewers, but, um, yeah, it looks pretty typical other than that. Is it like Um, wider with like a, a sort of, I guess, small walkway or is it just a circle? Um, so I was imagining sort of like a big circle that you're walking through, but with two flat walkways on either side of the river of poop. Okay. Um. (laughs) So like, like a, like a more, like, like a, a city's, what I assume a city's sewer system to be like. Yeah. What what a city sewer system is like, but like in movies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I have no experience being in a real sewer system. I base all of my knowledge off of media. I have as a yeah. bored child who lived in Mississippi post-Hurricane Katrina. Oh. But they were mm. not, they were not like that because I didn't live in, like, a city. I lived in, like, a suburb. Okay. Yeah. Um. They they are, in fact, like, you are able to walk on, like, a little, a little platform, basically. There's one on, like, either side. You don't side have to and, walk like, through poop. You don't have to walk through poop. Yet. You probably won't smell, like, great after this, but you don't have to. Um, So you are getting closer to the buzzing sound, um, and you hear, as the buzzing sound is getting louder and louder and louder, um, from on top of, from basically, like, a couple feet in front of you, but up, you see, um, you see part of the ceiling in, like, this circular pattern, just like a fall down in front of you and crash onto uh into the sewer below um as you look up you see starting to climb through the hole uh you recognize the bat um under his arm is a giant blue diamond and your eyes kind of meet and his eyes go wide before he gets himself back into the hole and starts running and as you're looking up you can see what you assume to be uh the ceiling of uh of one of the bathrooms of the natural history museum uh then yeah i'll i'll immediately like radio in and go uh hey bat has the diamond uh went through the bathroom someone let like who was here the the rapid someone let the rapid falcon know that things have very clearly gone wrong for him i'm gonna make sure he doesn't get too far away just someone radio my position to the to the actual hero and i'll i'll i don't know i'll figure it out as i go you you said that back to the main channel i i say that to to blazar yeah because that's the channel was up Blazer's gonna be like, uh, oh, and just switches really fast. As soon as you switch, uh, you hear you hear Straw mid sentence, uh, <laughs> basically saying, "Don't know why he told Blazar to let us know when he was on the whole channel anyway. That doesn't make any sense, but okay." Listen, while we're all here, what are we doing for dinner? Guys, Limelight found the bat sewer. Someone tell Rapid Falcon he came down through the sewer. I'm going in the sewer, and Blazer goes down. <laughs> Not it. I will contact them. You two go after them. Straw will immediately dive bomb from the sky to the nearest manhole cover. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, the nearest manhole cover is the one that um, Adsbull is is by. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's sort of like on the other side of the museum. Um, so yeah, you guys go off uh, go off that direction. Um, Ezra, what what do you do? I'm gonna start taking off after the bat. You said he's like a Bronze Age uh, villain. Mm-hmm. So like roughly how old is that generation? They're the they're the youngest one before us. Yeah. So he is like he's like in his like mid to late thirties basically. Um you know that he his like sort of like secret identity that has been revealed over probably the last couple of years is um billionaire um James Villarreal. Hold uh, up, hold he, up. This man is a billionaire and he still and wants, wants to steal, to steal more all money. The, no, no, this no, all is, the money. Oh my God. Too real. Continue. <laughs> um, so he has since um, had to mostly, uh, mostly abandon, uh, mostly abandon that identity and uh, work to continue accumulating his wealth as the bat. Um, he wears a, uh, he wears a costume that's, that's gold um he has under his arms uh you know he has the ability to um to like glide around basically with like wings that come out from under his arms um and yeah you uh you also probably know that he has some um he has some like bat themed uh abilities and he also just because of his um massive wealth and resources is also able to uh to do some very like convenient gadget based things so yeah so uh ezra i assume that you're getting on your light skateboard and sort of like parkouring up into the bathroom where the bat is oh he went back into the building he went back into the building oh, okay yeah. okay okay he, he saw you and was like nope <laughs> uh then then yeah yeah i'll, I'll try I'll, I'll like parkour my way up um and he's like okay so he's 30 so he's probably not got the greatest knees <laughs> So like, hey. I should be I should be able to catch up to him if need be, and I'll I'll, I'll be prepared for that. Oh God, I was about, I was about to try to defend Tanner, but I was like, no, he does have knee problems. <laughs> you take that personally, <laughs> okay? But so, no one um, denounced me. All right, so you are so you are uh, directly engaging a threat, going for the knees, basically. Yeah. All right. Um, roll plus danger for me. All righty. I'm pretty good at that one. Uh, that is going to be a seven, I believe. Okay. So, awesome. So that is, in fact, a hit. Um, so you pick one from the list, resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, um, impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Um, with create an opportunity for your allies, you do know that your friends are uh, are pretty quick boys and are right on their heels, basically. Um, so I'm assuming in the, in the museum uh, proper, not, you know, the bathroom, uh, the the rapid falcon is there. This man is wearing gold. Ideally, if he leaves the bathroom, he should you know stand out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the diamond. Okay. Um. So yeah. So describe to me how how you're able to take the diamond. 
Yeah, so uh, I, I, I parkour, because I imagine he's, like, because he's trying to go down, trying to immediately, like, pivot and head back up takes him a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's 30. Yeah. <laughs> he's, old, he's, old, he's older than 30 for sure. He's, he's geriatric. He's um, and, uh, Please tell me you do a really cool like slide between his legs and just yoink the diamond. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll like spring off and land rather than like sliding across the ground. I like land on, on my skateboard and like kick it out of his hands and grab it as I ideally just continue to slide through the door. Yeah, um, so you are, in fact, um, able to do that. Um, he looks surprised for a second, as you do, um, and sort of, like, is looking at his hands, like, what just happened? Because you basically just, like, you know, peeled the, peeled the diamond right off of him. Um, um, so yeah, so as you are, as you're doing that, um, he turns on his heel and he is going to let out, uh, what you know is his bat screech, this like supersonic screech. Um, the, the bathroom mirrors shatter around you and you can see it even like damages some of the pipes and things like that as water starts to, uh, to come out. But the force of this screech also pushes you pretty flat into a wall and you hit yourself uh, pretty hard. And I would like you to take a condition. Um, and, uh, seeing that sort of like he was unexpectedly found out, um, he is going to start, uh, running out of the bathroom, um, away from you and start to try to flee. Uh, and he's leaving the diamond? Uh, yeah. He oh. is, he's sort of like seeing that the jig is up, start to try to, uh, try to, uh, try to run away. Um, you do know there's other valuable things here and you're not entirely sure what his uh, motives are, but that is sort of like what he is doing right now. Um, you also know that he's like kind of cowardly. Um, <laughs> so this is not the most unexpected, uh, the most unexpected result. Um, before everyone else gets in, I'm going to pivot real fast to, uh, to Juno because Juno was deciding to stay behind and alert the Falcon. So while that all is happening, um, tell me what Juno does in the next like minute or two. Yeah, so I assume that we have some, like, way to notify the the head hero in charge, uh, apart from having to speak face-to-face with them. Would that be correct? So the usual way is that you would talk to the police as, uh, as a sort of, like, medium, um... Unless you, like, know the hero personally, like, sometimes, uh, sometimes, like, someone's protege or something like that will be, uh, will be part of it. But generally, you know that it's supposed to go to the police who are, who are the ones who are supposed to be kind of keeping an eye on what's going on inside. Okay. Um, Yeah. Then, then Juno clomps on over to the police. uh, Okay. And, uh closes her speakers so she doesn't just fucking blast them out of the, out of the <laughs> mm-hmm. um and she's like hello officers i need to inform you of something that we discovered um and uh one takes a sip of his coffee and uh turns to her and he's like um all right uh what what did you discover one of my team members discovered a manhole cover that was out of place and noticed the villain in question trying to escape. We need to inform the the superhero in charge of, of this matter. Um, the 
police officer does look skeptical of this. Um, and he uh, he grabs the radio that's sort of on his shoulder. Um, and he says to Juno before turning on, he's like, you should tell your friends to get back to their posts. Um, and he radios in. You hear him say into the radio, um, we have one of the young heroes out here who says the bat is trying to escape through a manhole cover. Do you need backup in there? Um, and the radio clicks off and you hear, uh, you hear coming through the radio, uh, from the inside who you can assume is, uh, the rapid Falcon. Um, there are some, um, there's some like, there's some sounds of chaos in the background, even through the radio noise that you can hear. And, uh, you hear the rapid Falcon say, no, I've got him directly engaged here. He's not going anywhere. And, uh, the police officer sort of like shrugs to you and says, return to your post. Sounds like they've got it handled inside. Yes, uh, thank you, officer. We will continue to do our jobs. And she clops away, but, like, secretly she's a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so let's go uh, back inside the building. Um, if Juno is planning to come in at any point, uh, let me know. But let's get to what everyone else is doing. Um, so so uh, you all come out from the hole in the ground pretty much at the same time. Um, maybe like Asbel like first, but then very quickly behind uh, Jack and uh, Strahovix. And uh, you you come out just in time basically to see um, um, slam pretty hard into a wall. And then you see um, you see the bat sort of like very quickly take in um, what to do and start to try to make his escape. Limelight, are, uh, are you okay? Yeah, I uh, I just hold up the diamond. Uh, he didn't take it. Well, that's good, but who knows what else they might try and take? And I kind of zoom off behind the uh, behind the bat. Yeah. Um. So you are able to uh, take off towards the bat and um, Stravix. What are you doing in all of this? Yeah, Straw is down there as well, um, and uh, he is just going to continue to pursue. Okay. Yeah, so you both uh, continue to pursue the bat. You're able to... um, He doesn't have, like, super speed or anything, so you are, in fact, able to catch up to him pretty quickly. Um, What do you all do? Now, he just has the the flight stuff. Does does he have, like, any kind of, like echolocation tech or anything that we would know about or any He's got a sonic other blast. surprise ga- gadgets he will have you know that he will have a lot of surprise gadgets um he in addition to um to his screech um that you do know can also like can also sort of like echolocate what's around him and stuff like that um as well as break things and uh supersonically push people into things um you do know that he has tons and tons of gadgets um there's some that you've probably heard about like grappling hooks and things like that um but you should be wary of uh, what gadgets he can pull off of his like utility belt straw will actually say i can attempt to disable his his gadgets um and uh, he's going to, uh, like, hold out his palm, and the nanobots from his bracer are going to, like, some of them are going to move into his palm, forming, like, a little, like, egg-sized, like, grenade made out of the same material of his bracer. And I'm going to chuck it at the bat so that when it hits, the nanobots will scatter and try to disrupt his tech. Okay, so are you trying to directly engage a threat here? I am trying to use alien technology. 
Ooh, Ooh. very Which fancy. Is on my playbook. Straws and alien. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sounds fake. <laughs> Meanwhile, Blazar's like helping Limelight up in the bathroom. So what it is is it's when I'm when I alter a human device. So the devices I'm trying to alter are his, um, but I'm trying to do it by throwing my nanobots at him, basically. Perfect. Um, okay. Uh, roll plus freak, please. Sure thing. Uh, that is very well. I got an eleven. Ooh. Okay, yeah. So you did your super duper hit and you choose one. It works exceptionally well or you get an additional use out of it. Um, I'm going to have it work exceptionally well where like the little egg hits him and the nanobots immediately scatter and crawl over his body to find whatever whatever devices he has in the in the vicinity of where it hit to immediately start burrowing into and disrupting. Yeah, um, so he, uh, so, yeah, you, you throw this little egg, and, um, so it's, like, little robots come out of the egg? How, how'd you describe Yeah, it? the, the egg itself is made out of, like, little nanobot particles. Uh, okay, perfect. So, yeah, you throw it, and this egg sort of dissolves into these little particles that start, um, crawling all over the bat, um, disrupting all the, all the gadgets in his utility belt and things like that. And he's, he's dancing around, yelling, trying to, uh, brush them all off. Um, but you see, like, you see little, um, little bombs and things that he had on his belt get like sort of like um safely diffused and things like that um and in all the chaos he sort of like um falls to the ground as you see some um some pretty nasty looking like gases and things like that get inhaled directly by him and he falls to the ground (laughs) and um you you can see it diffusing um you've probably seen before that this is sort of like a one use directly to uh to whoever is uh whoever he's thrown it at to uh that sort of like logic is just affects like the person directly in front of it um uh. he falls to the <laughs> to the ground um mostly uh mostly disabled at this point and he says um he says please i give up just just take me to jail just stop please uh i think that jack rabbit will probably take some sort of uh, like zip tie or something and start tying him up to make sure he can't get away and then listen to uh, the sounds nearby to see if there's any uh, other like signs of trouble going on here. Uh, Straw, Straw will actually immediately say after like when Jack is tying him up over the comm saying, Jack Rabbit and I have apprehended the bat. Hell yeah. Yeah, Blazar is, like, helping Limelight up and, like, out of the bathroom at this point. That's probably what we see. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, as you're doing that, um, the nanobots are still sort of going through and and getting everything. And you see slipped into his utility belt some other uh, smaller things that were stolen from the museum. Um, So, Juno, you hear that over the radio. Um, What do you do? Uh, she, she silences her speakers again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's like, what do you mean you apprehended them? The bat is on the ground, restrained, 
through a combination of my technology and jackrabbit zip ties. And as he says that, you do in fact see the uh, the explosions and things from inside um, sort of cease, like the ruckus is kind of kind of like dies down, and uh, the rapid falcon um, flies out of the window uh, that he that you could tell he was nearest by, and sort of like is scanning uh, scanning around the building. And and you're watching him because the the falcon told you to. Is that correct? Falcon wasn't doing anything. <laughs> yes, but that is, this is not our jurisdiction. Well, regardless, it's what happened. We couldn't just let him run away when we saw him. I, I just chime in and I'm like, yes, th- this was absolutely under the jurisdiction of, uh, of the Falcon Man telling us to... Uh, assist i'm sure there was some kind of other nonsense that his technological advancements were causing uh we can talk about a little bit later um and the falcon goes back into the window um you guys can probably hear him as he uh as he comes closer to the room that you're in um because he can fly he can get there relatively quickly and uh he goes in and surveys the situation and uh, is looking at at all of you young heroes and goes, who the hell are all of you? We're going to be in so much trouble. (laughs) Hello, listeners. I am your GM and host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. Thank you for sticking with us through to our second episode of Super. I hope you're all enjoying the journey so far. Things are really starting to ramp up in this episode, and I like to think it's as fun to listen to as it was to play. We have a couple of announcements, uh, the most exciting of which is that Tales of the Voidfarer received an any nomination for Best Podcast. If you're a dedicated listener, you've heard us talking about Voidfarer a lot over the seasons. Tales of the Voidfarer is a Spelljammer-inspired 5th edition actual play podcast under the Project Derailed banner, and we're so pleased that it's been nominated. And if you're unsure what the Ennies are, they're a major tabletop RPG award. Voidfarer was selected along with Asians Represent, Party of One, The Sixth Ring, and the letters page by the Enny judges as the nominees. If you haven't voted for the Ennies yet, you can head over to any-awards.com, and because it's ranked voting, you can vote Voidfarer number one if you are so inclined. The voting is open until, I believe, August 27th at midnight. And we have even more exciting news. During one of our off weeks of September, we'll be doing a special one-shot. Uh, the details are still forthcoming, but we will be playing the game Briar and Bramble by Freddie Taylor Bell. This is another Powered by the Apocalypse game, and it's based on stories like Watership Down and the Animals of Farthing Wood. Right now, Briar and Bramble is available for free at drunkwizard.itch.io slash briar. But starting on September 1st, there will be a Kickstarter for a full art printed for a full art printed and digital edition. Um, so everyone should absolutely check that out. Right now we're thinking that the one shot will be run by Tom and Caitlin Camp will be one of the players. Um, but we're still 
slotting everything in. So check our social media for more updates as we lock things in. And again, be sure to check out the Kickstarter when it goes up on September 1st. And we have a number of guests in the latter half of this episode. First up is the prize-winning Squid. Prize-winning Squid is a streamer, musician, cosplayer, creator of the Champions of Digitalia saga and all-around talent. He's playing Rules Lawyer in this episode, and he played one of Gail's late husbands in our first season, Curse. Uh, you should absolutely be following and supporting everything they do. You can look up their stuff at the prize winning squid on social media or at the PW squid on Twitter. And you can also check out their stuff at allmylinks.com slash the prize winning squid. Next up, we have Saker returning as Buzzness. Uh, we talked about Buzzness slash Mr. Business in our episode zero. If you want to learn more about that character, go listen to it. Um, Saker is a podcaster and one half of the Nerdcore rap duo 2D6. The other the other half is Cliff, aka Jackrabbit. Incidentally, Saker plays Lucky Cumbolt on Tales of the Voidfarer. And if you like the Bare Naked Ladies or just entertaining and also award-winning music podcasts, check out It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. And finally, I guess because this is the episode where we have all of our musician friends show up, we have Garrett Kimmel playing Doc. Dr. Quantum. Garrett played Alistair LaVale on our first season, Curse, and he's been a guest on several other seasons. In addition to podcasting, Garrett can be found playing bass for the band Northern Weather. Check them out on Facebook by searching northernweather-oh. And this season, we're playing Masks, A New Generation by Brandon Conway and published by Magpie Games. Uh, Check it out for teenage superhero shenanigans. It's a lot of fun. You can also head to projectderail.com to find out more about the show, find links to our merch, and to support us on Patreon. Now, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed, developed, released, and refined the best bags on the market. With DB's patent and hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or totes. Um, the right luggage is so essential while you're traveling. We have a couple trips planned for when the world is a little bit less on fire and it is so important to be able to as you're running through an airport or trying to load things up in the back of your car to have uh, to have the right bag and maybe we'll, we'll have the right bag as we go to Gen Con for the Any Awards. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Today's episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Uh, Normally, I'm slightly skeptical of meal kits because I'm vegetarian and I don't want to order something and then have to 
make adjustments and not use something or end up uh, throwing things away or with things I otherwise don't want. But as I was browsing through HelloFresh's website, I saw that they have a vegetarian plant and a Beyond Meat plan. So not only are they vegetarian friendly, but you can enjoy uh, your classic no meat favorites. And you can also have um, a meat free burger or some other meat substitution if you'd like. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Now let's get back to the show. The five of you enter the city council's meeting room. It's a large, oppressive room in the center of City Hall. Your room is a mixture of old and new amenities. Because the building is so often attacked, it enjoys frequent updates. You have fine gold inlay on marble pillars, mahogany floors, and plush seats. You're standing at a table in front of a semicircle of seats. Most of the city council members are not here right now. Present instead are a quorum of city council members that make up the Committee on Underage Superheroing. Most of the members look to be a mixture of bored and annoyed for being called away from whatever they were doing before. However, sitting in the middle of everything looking deadly serious is the Speaker of the Council and the head of this committee, rules lawyer. He's a well-known politician and hero in Halcyon City, known for his unswayable commitment to order. He's a black man wearing an impeccable suit with his tie in the colors of Halcyon's flag tied into an Eldridge knot. Uh, He's currently shuffling through papers and looking at reports. You also notice Councilman Buzz Ness. He's looking very irritated with the situation. His suit is somewhat more disheveled, although it's still very well put together. His jacket looks like it was thrown on moments before walking into the room. Rules lawyer is shuffling the papers in front of him, and he uh, he looks down at all of you from this table that's uh, set probably a couple feet up. So, I think you all know why you've been called here. Is that correct? Is uh, is Falcon in the room as well? Uh, no, he's not there. Hmm. Hmm. That cowardly asshole. <laughs> Uh, I guess Juno speaks up and she says, yes, sir, we are all very well aware. Tell me why I should not revoke your superheroing licenses until you're all 21. Uh, I think I stand up and I say, now, now, Mr. Rules Lawyer, I'm just a simple southern speedster and the best to my recollection I believe that uh, Mr. Falcon had said that he realized that there were uh, some kind of technological clones or hard light imaging, whatever powers that and gadgetry that he has. And he noticed that while he was engaged with the real bat, that he couldn't stop the, the gadgetry from looting. So he asked through you know, his own abilities to our communicators directly to come in, and he may have just forgotten about that simply because of the direness of the situation at hand. Uh, we just happened to be in there finishing taking out a uh, gadget of the bats when, you know, it when that came up. And obviously such a high-ranking hero such as the uh, Falcon didn't know us specifically, so, obviously, 
you know, in the heat of the moment, I think things just got, you know, confused a little bit. So, I, I think this is all just a big misunderstanding. Rules lawyer will um, eye you down and um, and say, Judging by the reports we've already received, that does not appear to be a correct statement. Might I remind you that your testimony here is under oath? Lying on the official record is also cause for this committee to remove your permits. Mr. Mr. Rules Lawyer, could I hypothetically ask you a question? What is your question? If you were in our position, would you have stayed at your post? Um, he looks extremely sure of himself. Absolutely. That would have been my assignment in this situation. Then congratulations. You let the bat get away. And I would have also retained my permits, so I could have continued to do good by my city. Do you see where the issue is? <laughs> really? Asbel will just kind of slowly raise his hand. Yes, you may speak. So I know that we weren't supposed to do what we did, but uh, our time, all of us, is limited. Why shouldn't we be allowed to do all the good we can in the time that we have? Um, and at this, uh, council member Buzzness will speak up and um, he says, It's dangerous to have young and experienced heroes rushing into danger, guns blazing. Thankfully, no one was hurt in the situation, but think what could happen next time. Do any of us really fully understand everything? I do not believe any wrongdoing occurred here. It is the rules as I understand it on this planet and on the city that a villain of the stature apprehended today be apprehended by an adult superhero. As that is defined by you, by 21 Earth years, and a year on this planet means nothing to me since the Korazrel system and its five suns and 42 planetoids moves at a much different rate. I am exactly four primary syzygy alignments old therefore an adult um and uh rules lawyer will will eye you and says while i cannot speak for your system or how you measure age the proper procedure within this city is to submit your age for analysis with our office when you first get your permits clearly you were not believed to be of the age of maturity so you are only able to act under the young hero's permit at this time I have no response to this. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so Jinder speaks up again, and she says, Sir, so just for clarification, your problem is that our post was abandoned, and therefore we have not done our job. Is that correct? Correct. The penalty of which can be removal of your superheroing permits until the age of 21, or permanently. Right. I do understand this. However, not all of us abandoned our post. Therefore, we still were able to do our jobs. The crowd was kept safe. The bat didn't get away. No one The cops sat on their ass. You will find that even though we did break procedures for engaging with the, with the supervillain, we did not neglect the duties that were already assigned to us as well. In fact, um... Juno told the police everything, and they didn't, well, they didn't stop us for it. 
and he's saying um and uh Rulesler writes down something on his papers and and says um we will consider this in our deliberations however it appears all of you are in agreement that most of you abandon your post while also being aware of the consequences of such actions i would agree that we broke rules i would not agree that we abandoned our post i see we will take that into consideration and after he says that, you hear the doors at the back of the room that you guys um, initially went through uh, creak open, and uh, someone walks through them. Um, you do recognize this person, uh, probably not from your own personal experiences, but um, you know that this is someone that you have heard of, um, a pretty famous uh, Silver Age uh, superhero named um, Dr. Quantum. Um he has, um, as many Silver Age heroes do, he has a long silver cape that uh, flows behind him as he walks, and he has a um, he has a silver suit with boots and and a mask and uh, gloves and everything. And um, on the silver suit, you see uh, darker patches of um, gray atoms and things like that uh, that make up the design of the suit. Um, and he has a big. Uh, a big gray cue on his on his chest. He is a little bit older, walking probably a little bit slower, you know, than the average person would. He wasn't a he wasn't ever a very physical hero. Um, a lot of what he did was very mental. Um, he's a tactician and mastermind, and you know that he has um, mind reading powers. Um, so he was walking into the room, and you were all extremely surprised to see him here. Um, because usually during these sorts of hearings, uh, no one really shows up. And um, he raises a finger as he approaches and says, um, If it pleases the committee, I have something to say on this matter. You may proceed, Dr. Quantum. Thank you. I heard about this situation with these heroes, and I think they've acted admirably. I must admit I've had my eye on this team for some time now. Their actions today show that they have quite good judgment. Forgive me for knowing this before viewing the official record, as they've stated they were able to both defend their post and stop the villain from getting away. Now this might be a bit unorthodox, but I have a proposal for this committee that will allow these heroes to do much more good in the city. And uh, Mr. Buzzness uh, looks down and his eyes narrow and he's like, This committee has very strict procedures. Any proposals need to go through the proper channels before they're considered. Dr. Quantum sort of uh, sort of raises his hand to silence the protests, and he says, What I'm proposing is that I would bring this team under my tutelage. I would sponsor the team. Most of them are over 18, or in Starpiercer's case, much older. I think it's best for the city if we abbreviate their underage hero probationary period and allow them a bit more freedom. And the council members all look extremely confused by this sudden appearance um and sudden proposal uh what are all of you thinking and reacting like so like a trial period yes it, it would be good to think of it as a trial period i'm usually not such a braggart but i am an established and well-respected hero here i've been called one of the best tactical minds on earth and far beyond it is in the best interest of public safety and security that these heroes are fast-tracked past the probationary period. I'm willing to put my full support behind it. 
Uh, I know he has mind reading capabilities. Is that right for what we've learned about him throughout our time in the city? Yes. You, you, he's a really famous hero, so you know quite a lot about him. But yeah, you know that he's able to read minds. I am thinking very hard about tacos, just to try and clear my mind of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, he sort of shoots you a side glance and chuckles, um, and you hear in your minds... Um, tacos sound quite good right now. Burritos, tacos, chimichangas. Burritos, tacos, chimichangas. <laughs> Uh, Straw will say, I think this is um, mo- would be most appropriate and generous, and I feel that it has only been a matter of time before our potential has been recognized. Maybe this can be something new, something that, you know, is lasting, and he'll like, kind of turn towards the council a bit. You know, if this goes well... You can establish this as a its own program, a probationary step between. How does that sound? I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. As you all can see, these heroes took initiative and no one was hurt, and the collateral damage to the building was quite minimal. I've thought for a long time that this program was not serving the heroes under probation, nor the city. This is an ideal team to test my proposal on. And he is definitely eyeing the council. Um, What are Ezra and Juno sort of thinking and doing? I'm also, like, mean-mugging rules lawyer. Like, I got something I want to say, and I'm going to wait for, like, this this event to finish up. But I'm going to say it. Juno feels very um, awkward. She's keeping a straight face, but she has this sneaking feeling that this is not going to end well and she feels very uncomfortable about doing something not the proper way (laughs) okay the council is sort of bewildered at this point this is not you guys have probably come not well maybe you've gotten in trouble before but you but you sort of like know the process here um it's not just like someone walks and it was like we should do this thing this is like an entirely unusual situation and uh, rules lawyer sort of like eyes uh, Dr. Quantum and he says, Now you know I have a great deal of respect for you, my friend. This is the only reason why this committee will consider this proposal outside of proper procedure. I do believe we heard all we need. If you'll please step outside, we can begin our deliberations. And uh, do you all sort of go and step outside? Yeah. Sure. Do you know yeah. follows the instructions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Quantum will uh, head out with you. Um, you go out into the hallway. Um, the big heavy wooden doors um, shut behind you as uh, as everyone um, who is uh, who who is on the council who is there sort of like discuss discusses the next step. Um, Dr. Quantum um, sits down on one of the uh, one of the wooden benches that is out in the hallway. Um, the hallway and the like the floor and the walls and the ceiling are all probably these, uh, uh, like this cold stone, um, but very elaborately carved. Um, so what do you all do? I continue thinking about foods to <laughs> keep my mind as focused on that as possible. Um, <clears throat> thank you, uh, Dr. Quantum, sir. 
uh, and uh, he nods to Asbel, and he's like, um, "When I heard about what had happened, I knew this was the right thing to do." And um, he smiles at you, but he also gives Asbel kind of a weird look that you're not totally able to read. Um, but his eyes, uh, but he looks away from Asbel, and uh, his eyes uh, shift over to Juno, and. Um, he says, um, you're the leader of this team, correct? It's your name on all the paperwork? Yes, that is correct. I must admit, I was impressed when I heard your team has filled out all of your own forms properly and submitted them all on time. I don't believe any other team in the history of this program has managed that. Yes, it's something I take great joy in doing for our team. I'm very happy to hear that. Your attentiveness to detail and structure is one of the first things that made me take notice of your team. If you can tackle these silly forms they make you fill out at every opportunity, you must also be destined for greater things. We're never going to be able to get out of take doing paperwork again now. You've given her all she needs. Now she'll hold this over <laughs> us forever. <laughs> oh, don't worry. The city council will make you fill out plenty of forms as an adult as well, though you don't have to file them quite as often. We just can't let them know. That Corazellans actually reach adult maturity at five primary syzygy alignments. <laughs> Asbel will kind of like look over at Jack, like kind of concerned, but doesn't say anything just because he's been like weirdly quiet for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Jack stops thinking about all that and just kind of looks up and has been kind of like hearing everything everyone's been saying on the periphery and it's like now uh, I I know that filing forms can't be the only reason that you you've you've had your eye on us there, there there's got to be more to it than that yes that's quite right uh the forms are more of a funny anecdote i've been very interested in the results of this probationary program and i noticed that this team has done stellar work even when following all of the rules set forth by the city council. Usually, heroes my age only take on one protege, but I believe that your team dynamic can lead you to do great things. Now, I, I know you're supposed to be some kind of mind reader, and uh, there's probably going to be quite a bit that might make you raise an eyebrow when I say this, so I, I don't necessarily mean to offend, but I have had... A lot of poor experience with uh, folks who are in, in a position of power that have uh, used that to justify some not great things that I've had to go through. And I, I'm appreciative of the help of, you know, not having to potentially lose all the licensing and whatnot. But uh, for, forgive me for not being too... Uh, super gung-ho about the idea of, you know, somebody kind of overhead that's not, like, some sort of, like, board that's... I, I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing in there either, but there's a lot more care going on with that about protecting young heroes than I've experienced in the past. So I'm, I'm a little bit leery about... Oh well, a lot of things going on, but I, I'm I think I'm rambling at this point. 
Um, he nods, understand. He nods in an understanding way, and he says, "I know some others who have experienced such things. I do not find you unusual in that sense. I do hope I can gain your trust and show you that not all heroes above a certain age are quite so bad." I I kind of nod at him, but still just kind of have a odd tenseness to myself that Jackrabbit doesn't usually show. Um, does, uh, who hasn't spoken yet, um, Ezra, um, does Ezra have anything to say? You, your whole thing is reading minds, yeah. Or at least part of it, anyway. Yes, that is my thing. Is that something you can turn off? There are ways I can control it, yes. Otherwise, it would be very loud all of the time. Alright. That's all I need to know. As will just quietly, like, pat Jack's shoulder, but that's it. Does anyone else have anything um, pressing they want to say or do? To him? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the arcade's not far from here, right? Who wants to hit it up before we go home? (laughs) Wait, aren't we supposed to wait or something? Wait, is this happening all... They didn't give us a deadline. Uh, They told you to wait outside a little bit. Oh, okay. I mean, the arcade's not far. I, uh, as we'll just kind of look to Juno. <laughs> we can go to the arcade after we finish our business here. Um, and it is quite a long deliberation. You're probably there for like an hour or two. Um, as it goes on, I'm sure that Juno is like, well, like now we really can't go to the arcade because <laughs> they might call us in now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, after an hour is two, very annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, after an hour or two, um, uh, the doors open are open by, um, by like the bailiff in the room and you are all, uh, back in to come inside. And then we go inside. <laughs> very nice. Yes, mom. Yes, mom. Someone has to be the mother around here. <laughs> Well, now we have Dr. Quantum. Maybe he can be our new mom. <laughs> he could be our new mom, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you all uh, walk into the room um, and take your seats back at the table where you were sitting in front of this uh, looming, oppressive presence that is uh, the city council and their massive table. Um, even with a lot of the seats empty, it still feels like a lot. Um so you sit back down and rules lawyer shuffles his papers and straightens them up yet again and uh, places them down on the table. We have come to a decision. Although we have some reservations, Dr. Quantum's belief in this team has swayed this committee. We will move forward with Dr. Quantum's proposal. As of right now, this team will no longer be held to the rules for underage heroes. From this moment on, they will be operating under the regulations for adult heroes with the ability to act of their own accord. This committee reserves the right to reverse this decision at any time, however. Is this agreeable to all parties? Straw acts like he's going to say something else, but then decides against it. (laughs) (laughs) Juno nods and says, yes, everything will be documented. (laughs) I kind of look over to uh, as to see what they have, what their like kind of vibe is as they're kind of like nodding. They are are very clearly like getting ready uh 
to say something that from the look on their face, you can probably tell it's not going to be taken super well. After his whole spiel of like, okay, we're going to do this. It's mostly, we're going to test it out. But any time that we think you guys have gone too far, we're going to take the license away. Then I'm just going to look at him and go, admit right now that regardless of breaking the law, we saved the day. Not Falcon, not the police, nobody else. We did. Yeah, we didn't go through your various red lines and red tapes. But all you have actually done today is proven the villain sentiment of that heroes are just cogs in the machine. So admit you're wrong. Um, Dr. Quantum is sort of going to uh, reach a hand out and make a gesture like you should calm down. Um, can, can I can I roll what the hell hero? Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's a 10. Hey. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, what the hell hero when you call out an injustice that a hero has perpetrated uh, roll danger on a hit, take influence. Seven to nine, choose one. Ten to uh, ten plus, uh, choose two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my options are you get them to admit their wrongdoing, you win over an onlooker and take influence over them, or you don't get their attention and anger turned on to yourself. I have a feeling that regardless, I'm going to get someone's anger and attention, so I'm just going to ignore that one entirely. I want to hear this man <laughs> apologize to us, and I want to win over some one of the council members. Okay. Yeah. Um Yeah, I get influence on on fucking rules lawyer. Oh. Okay. Um <laughs> All right. Let me jot that down. Um he by the impassioned speech that you gave, um he was starting to sort of lean over ready to sort of like in a very um business like way tell you what's what, but you see his eyes sort of um widen um underneath his mask so yeah so he's about to say something and um he uh he looks surprised and he sort of sits back and um he looks at the other council members um you see sort of like mixed reactions from people like some of the council members are like that does actually like make a lot of sense um you know that that is a big win in this committee because this committee is the one that is uh that is making these sorts of rules and things like that um Buzzness is clearly like not happy about this. Like looks extremely irritated. Has looked extremely irritated from the time you guys were called back into the room. Um, there's one council member in particular that you can um, that you can see Ezra sort of like nodding along with you. Um, and yeah. rules lawyer, as he's like sitting back in his seat, says, um, "It does seem as though the bat would have gotten away in this particular situation, and." Well, we don't know what would have happened after that point. He's sort of like stammering for words, trying to uh, his his world his worldview has been like a little bit rocked right now, because uh, you know that he's like a super super lawful person and like is a true believer in the system. Um, so when he was put as the head of this committee, he like really does like right or wrong he does like believe in everything for truth justice and the american dream exactly yeah straw's gonna like nod and like lean over and like say sideways to juno arcade time now (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think that that's a good place to end it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We've ended twice on straw now. Okay, um, now we are going into the end of session, uh, the end of session um, um, peripheral moves. All right, so um, so who do I want to call on first? Uh, since we ended on straw, let's start with straw. Uh, straw, at the end of every session, choose one, grow closer as a team, grow into your own image of yourself, or grow away from the team. What do you think fits best? Ah, uh, that is interesting. I didn't think about it until this very moment. Um, Nicholas. Um, I think. Uh, I think he grow into. Uh, my own image of myself. Um, I feel like being the one that take down the bat and kind of like be able to succeed in this moment um, kind of uh, made up for some of his frustrations coming out of the simulation earlier today um, mm-hmm. and kind of like reinforces his own idea of himself as like the, you know, tactician and like the, the fast acting, you know, tactician of the team. Okay. Um, so shift one label up and one down. Yeah, I am going to shift superior up and mundane down. Okay. Um, Juno, uh, choose one. Yeah, so I'm trying to to think what fits the best right now. Because Juno is in kind of a complicated place emotionally with what has what has happened here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Juno might be growing away from the team. Okay. Um, you know she was not involved really in this t- you know massive takedown of this villain that everyone's so so happy about. Mm-hmm. And not only that, because she was not a part of this, um, she almost lost her, uh, like, her licensing and her ability to do this mm-hmm. uh, because of everyone else deciding to do this. She's complica- She has a complicated feeling about this because not only does she, like, somewhat think this is the right thing to do, but also, like, she is very much like, we need to follow the actual procedures because, like, if if I can't have this, what else do I have? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So she feels like she's on a different page than, than everybody else, I guess. Yeah, that ma- that makes a lot of sense, I think. Yeah. And I take influence away from another character, and I think the only person that has influence over me is Jackrabbit. Okay. I saw it coming, but I was hoping somehow it would not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, she, I think she, that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah, she relates <laughs> the most to Jackrabbit in this situation, because, like, not trusting this dude who came in and is just like, hey, you belong to me now. That's also like, okay, but there are procedures in place. We have to follow the rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is Asbel feeling at the end of this session? 
Um, so I think he's grown more into his own image of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not been as openly frustrated about, like, you know, being relegated to, as Ezra put it, glorified bouncer, um, as, you know, the others have been. But he's been upset about it because, you know, he feels like he's wasting the time that he has left and now he gets to finally do things and be a hero. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to shift Savior up and Mundane down. Okay. Um, what about Jackrabbit? So there's a lot of feelings that Jackrabbit has right now. Um, Jackrabbit was appreciative, appreciative of uh, Asbel, you know, trying to like, you know, put the hand on the shoulder and, you know, be supportive. But I think in this moment, I think Jackrabbit actually grew closer to Juno, which is funny because of Juno pulling the influence <laughs> from me, but I'm mm-hmm. giving them mine now because, uh, yeah, uh, if it wasn't for Juno's, uh, fastidiousness with the, uh, paperwork amongst other reasons that are, you know, whole team, uh, we might not have come across the radar of Dr. Quantum and mm-hmm. that could have potentially led us to losing out on heroing, which is really, for as much crap as Jackrabbit gives everybody, the only thing they really know how to do. So, uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's uh, Juno now is gaining influence over me. Aww. Nice. Yeah, and uh, you can clear a condition or my potential as well. Um. And, uh, finally, Ezra. Uh, I am sort of caught in between grow into your, uh, into your own image of yourself and grow closer. Uh, I Mm -hmm. think I'm gonna lean grow closer, because it was really nice to know that, despite there being regulations, when Ezra said that, you know, I'm gonna go check this out, and then later I need help, not having anyone really be like, no, you shouldn't do that, and then also being like, alright, we'll be there soon. Yeah. Was like, all right, cool. So at the end of the day, just because we're like a legally a team of of not adult superheroes does not mean that we don't like we're not willing to go the extra step for everybody. Right. Um and I think it's going to go to uh, I think the influence is going to go to Asbel just because mm-hmm. you know, the person who was like, yeah, like I have no issues keeping watch for you and then being one of the first people to jump to action. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's also really cute. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, that is everyone. So thank you all very much for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! (laughs) There's so much to see over here!
Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens is it stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. projectderailed.com